to know you better, to understand our part in this journey, God. We ask, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would come and just give us uh, just a spirit to understand and a spirit of wisdom to come upon us and all the small group leaders, God. We ask, Lord, that you would just come in just boldness and all of your splendor and your majesty tonight, Lord, as we learn more about what we are going to be doing, Lord, and, and just running this race with you, God. We thank you, God, for this church. We thank you for everything that you've given us, God, the blessing of life, the blessing of health, the blessing of friends, family, of spouses, our children, grandchildren. God, we are so blessed. You have loved us, Lord. You have loved us, and you've given us grace. And tonight, Lord, we just want to be there. We want to hear what your, your heart has to say to us tonight. And I pray, Holy Spirit, to come in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You want to bring this down for me? Here, babe. Here. Can you go down? Hi, bud. All right. Okay. This journey of knowing God requires that we have our part of doing this work. And it has nothing to do about us working to get God's love for us or more forgiveness because that's not what the, the working of disciplines are all about. Um, I want to welcome you here tonight because you're here with questions. You're here wanting to know more about what, we, what does it take to grow, to mature, to become all that we should be. And so tonight, we're in the next several weeks, we're going to be going through different parts of spiritual disciplines. Tonight, I'm going to lay down a foundation. And so what, why does spiritual discipline make our faith strong? Why are they going to make us strong? Now, you have handouts tonight, and obviously everything on those handouts won't be anything. will be just a, a little bit of we're going to be going through a lot of things, so you could write down a few things. You're going to see one word in specific in the first question. Uh, what did you think about the statics? No, it's the sti statistics. <laughs> just in case you're going, static, static. No, that's not what we're looking for. But uh, I think the rest of the sheet is okay. But if you want to take notes, just flip it over or right on the side, use that sheet so when you go to your small groups, you're going with information that you've learned today and so that you can digest it together with your small groups. Amen? So just as every athlete must train to win, every Christian must make their faith strong through spiritual disciplines. None of us can make our faith strong without the disciplines. Nobody can sit on the couch eating Cheetos for months and hope to compete. Yes, I'm very sure. I wanted to put chips in there, but I think you would have really understood what I was really saying, so I put Cheetos in there. So the best athletes, as you and I know, are intensely disciplined. Last year, there was a program called Titan. And it was a program of these people who wanted to come and be part of this big, big competition by The Rock. And man, the story was amazing. I was so uh, intensely uh, involved with that because I started looking at it and it, it just caused me to be in awe because this is what they would do. Some people would get up at 4 o'clock, go to the gym from 4 to 6, get home, get their kids up, get them ready, give them breakfast, bring them to school, go full-time job, get home, do breakfast, put them to bed, go to the gym for another two hours, and start all over the next day. No fooling. 
And this is for temporary to get the title as the best titan in the world. Something that would actually not even last because when you get old and flabby, you're no longer a titan. And no matter how much you dream of the old golden days, it's still not going to happen again. So here, so we know that athletes, they, they discipline themselves. They follow strict diet, exercise regimens to beat their body into a peak uh, performance condition. So when the game is on the line, they are ready to be on that race or on that line. We know this is true of our physical condition, but there is a disconnect with how we think about our spiritual condition. We never consider that we have to actually work out, that we have to do something to work this out. The sad reality is that many Christians are unfit because they are undisciplined. It's not because God has broke his promises. The covenant can never be broken to us. We have the very nature of God in us. We've been awakened. We have the Holy Spirit in us to empower us. But yet we find ourselves very uh, either immature, not growing as we should, and not you know, just experiencing what we should be experiencing. And it's because we're very, very undisciplined on the whole. And so we ask ourselves, we know that nobody drifts into discipline. You and I know I didn't drift into going to the gym. I actually, unfortunately, it wasn't because the light was shining. I heard this, and I went, oh, my goodness. For months, God was trying to get my attention about stopping what I was doing and realigning and bringing balance in my life. You see, God wants to speak to us. And for months, I refused because I just thought what I was doing was more important. So I didn't have proper discipline, proper balance, proper priority. And then this whole thing happens in 2015 with my heart. And it gave me awakening. So I had the light. God exposed my unbalanced behavior. The light came and exposed it, but it was only when the fire occurred that I finally did something with it. Are you hearing me? All right. So we need to know that we don't drift into discipline. This is a conscious decision. Just as the undisciplined body becomes sluggish and unable, the undisciplined spirit becomes weak. That means we don't fight well spiritually. When those mind battles come, we're swept away. When the day-to-day, just everything that goes on, we are defined by it. And so that's why Paul tells us, and he coaches Timothy, and he says to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, he says, train yourself for godliness. And then here he says here, For the training of the body has limited benefits, but godliness is, what, beneficial in every way, since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So there's a lot of benefits when we train ourselves. There's a lot of benefits when we hold on to this for this present life and the one to come. This verse is the cornerstone of the spiritual disciplines because it spells out purpose. It spells out training for godliness. It gives us a heads up. Now, I've seen this article about the statistics about uh, Pentecostals, Christians, and he said, and this one here said that 16% of Pentecostal, uh, Pentecostal churchgoers read their Bible daily. 16%. Another 20% read it a few times a week. 23% agreed strongly with the statement that 
When I come to realize that some of the aspect of my life is not right in God's eyes, I make the necessary changes. What this means is because people are not in their word, they are not prompted nor convicted or moved upon with the Spirit because the Spirit is not given a way to speak to them because it's not even part of what they're doing. So when things do seem not right, they don't, they, only 23% get it that there's something not right going on. And so it's a very low percentage. So they don't make any necessary changes. And so if we increase our reading and we go towards God and let him actually show us, we actually start understanding, we start discerning his voice. In the past six months, this is another statistics, 29% of uh, respondents to this uh, poll said they shared with someone how to become a Christian. 29% of the Christians shared with someone in the last six months. And then he said, 57%, 57% never shared at all. Then he goes on, 47% of church goes admit of just going through the motions, often during the singing and praying and portions of the worship services. 47%. One quarter, quarter, quarter strongly disagree that they merely go to, uh, to, to church and go through the motion. Fasting was perhaps the most neglected spiritual discipline, and only 80% said that they fasted during the last six months. And so we're not alone in understanding the importance of training ourselves for godliness. We're not alone in understanding that many of us are weak in our faith because we never really did the connection that we needed to train ourselves spiritually as well as we need to do it physically. Amen? We're on the same, the same page. Any questions so far? No, you're good? So what are spiritual disciplines? When Christians speak of spiritual disciplines, they usually mean regular practices, regular practices that benefit our lives and produce fruit. What are the fruits are they talking about? My own fruit? The fruit of the Spirit, joy, peace, love, self-control, kindness, gentleness. All of these things, we know that when we actually understand and discern his voice and walk with him, all of these fruits start producing. Much like the discipline of daily exercise and reading will produce benefits of our lives. So I remember when Jonathan was diagnosed with uh, um, uh, form of dyslexia, uh, where he got it, he had a decoding problem, and when he went, he we sent him to a special school in Moncton to increase his learning so he can get ready for grade ten to go into English uh, school. And they said to Jonathan, Jonathan, you're a smart dude, but what you need to do because of your decoding issue is that you need to read. You read, and you no longer will have your decoding issue. That means the more you read, the more you practice, the more you discipline yourself. He didn't do it. So, so he suffered for another three years, and then he grew up. <laughs> and then got into reading these, oh, I won't even go there. They're just like very psychological books, it just, or, or theological books, and so on and so forth. So, but, so now he's understanding. So his decoding problem is no longer an issue. He became stronger in his ability to read and to comprehend. It's amazing what discipline can do. And so here's the same thing. It's a daily exercise of learning how to go to God through these disciplines. Before we learn now about these disciplines, and because I know that all of us will feel overwhelmed <laughs> at one point or another, there's a key to start this. And the key, the key word is habit. 
every morning I get up and I do the same thing. So you can't tell me you don't know what habit means. I get up, I put the dog out, raise my buns out, put the dog out, go in, start the coffee, go to the washroom, go and get the dog, give him his treat, go get my coffee, and then sit down, and I do it all over again the next day. It's habitual. I do that every day. I do it every day. And so we all have habits here. Some of them not good, some of them okay, but these here, it's about actually bringing in new habits in the new year to wake something up in us. Mark said this thing a long, long time ago, I think it was Dr. Jeremiah, you can't be uh, um, uh, well spiritually, you need to eat in order to be hungry spiritually. You see, if we never practice the spiritual disciplines, a lot of us will stay, uh, you know, with a lack of passion, a lack of hunger, a lack of thirst. We definitely need these disciplines to keep us passionate for God, to keep us on the journey, to keep us unshakable. Without these disciplines, beloved, we really actually won't be fit for the journey. And that's why these disciplines are so great. All right, so uh, there was a quote that said, it would be better. So, so th the key thing is to start small and to try to make them a habit. Start small and make them a habit. All right? So it in, in this quote I, I brought out, and he says, it would be better for you to read the Bible five minutes per day or several days a week than to read it once a month for an hour. The question is we have to just get and just create those habits, those good habits that will give us life. Now, the life of Jesus is what we're going to find, and we're going to get all of our illustrations from him. He demonstrated to, to many of his disciples that, uh, that they needed to learn and practice these disciplines. When he said, follow me, he meant it. And in all that he taught and did, he said this, Jesus conveyed that our spiritual life takes place in our physical reality as well as in our heart. What does that really mean? Let me say it again. Jesus conveyed that our spiritual life takes place in our physical reality as well as in our hearts. You know, sometimes we just need, if only I had the ideal conditions. <laughs> you know, nobody getting up, I didn't have to do this, and I didn't have to do that. So if only whenever that happens, then I'm going to actually create a habit. I'm going to wait until, like, you know, I stop working at this job, and I'm going to wait until I get better hours. I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait. And so, but Jesus conveyed that all of this has to be part of your, your reality in your life. You have to decide to discipline yourself despite what your reality is. Because trust me, beloved, if you wait for another day, that another day never comes. We don't drift into discipline. We have to choose this path. And so he also says here that uh, spiritual life um, is something that we have to practice. Jesus, the practice of Jesus, have been recognized for centuries as the core activities of spiritual life. In the same way, a runner is equipped in competing in a marathon by the discipline of physical uh, training. So training through spiritual disciplines free us. It free, frees us to live each day with that easy yoke that he talks about in Matthew 11 and that light burden we can carry. Jesus spoke to us about this. So discipline, disciplines do not earn us favor with God or it doesn't measure a spiritual success. And the more I do the disciplines, the more disciplines I bring in, the more successful I am. 
They are exercises which equip us to live, uh, to live fully and freely in the present reality of God and what God is doing in your life. Now, who doesn't hunger to hear his voice? That is, I believe, all of our present reality here today. You wouldn't be here if you didn't feel that you had some questions about different things. Who hungers to hear, you know, uh, to know his will? That is our personal reality, isn't it? Who hungers to understand the truth about what God says about us, our present reality? All of us. And so God wants to get to touch us where we are today. God works with us, giving us grace as we learn and grow. I said it not too long ago. It says the will of God is that you grow in grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the will of the Father that you learn. So but how do you do the learning? Your disciplines. That is part of all of it. So before we go into what the disciplines look like, I want you guys to remember three things. Because sometimes when we talk about disciplines, people get so overwhelmed, they feel like they're failings. You know, like they, they, they recognize they've never done it before and, you know, they, they'll point the finger and whatever else. I don't want you to do any of that tonight. I want you to remember three things. Three things. Keep grace in mind. Prayer, and the, the work of grace, I should say, is ultimately God living in me. Is God living in you tonight? He doesn't just check out when you're undisciplined. He doesn't just leave when you actually don't get it. He's there. And so, and it's a, and so the work of grace is ultimately God living in me. And the tools, which is the spiritual discipline, is the instrument that God uses to draw me nearer to that grace. <gasps> Did we ever make that connection before? Those tools, so many of us, God, what's your grace? You know, God, I want to know who you are. But we stay away from the tools. We, we don't make the connection that the more we discipline and we, we train ourselves for godliness and the more we use these tools, the more we discover what grace is all about. So when we do prayer and meditation of the word and fasting and journaling and memorizing, these are all tools for spiritual growth. Some disciplines are expected of the believer, while other disciplines seems to be a suggestion. We kind of see that. They, 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 they always, Jesus always prayed. He went to the temple. He was always in fellowship with the believers. He was always, you know, reading from the scrolls. So there's certain things that you know that God is asking us to do so that we can be strong in our race. But there are others, there are suggestions. Like, you know, some people get the journaling. Other people go, uh, I don't have time for journaling. But these are all tools. Some will work for others and some won't. So first, keep in mind you're under grace. Number two, remember you're in union with Christ. I am joined in Christ. I am in Christ because of my salvation. He is in me, with me. He will never leave me nor forsake me. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. And I'm no longer, I no longer live for myself but for Christ. This is what all the scriptures tell me. Now, theologians call this the doctrine of union with Christ. When you fail, and which you will, when you fail to get up one day or when you fail to take your tools and to discipline yourself, remember that your position is in Christ and it's secure. And it's what is, it's, it's what is 
said to be a, a, a settled position. And you will know that God wants to persevere and he wants to bring the Holy Spirit to help you. Now, we know that some of us are hindered by sins. Some of us are hindered by patterns. And our aim is towards Christ. Despite what you're living today, your aim is to walk towards Christ. If you want to actually become more passionate and more hungry for God, it's not time to stop reading your word. It's not time to sleep in. It's not time to, and, and trust me, there are other times too. Because I, I was talking to my sister, uh, Nicole, and her time is at supper time. And I went, that's great. Because that's your discipline. That's your time. That works for you. For me, my mornings work for me. But for you guys, maybe it's at, at night before you go to bed. It doesn't matter the time. It's not about the time. It's about the tool. It's about the things that would help me to go forward. So, but we have to remember that he is the author and perfecter of our faith. So we have to remember what? Keep in mind, we're under grace. Two, we're in union with Christ. And so when you fail, you need to remember this is not something that God says, if you don't, you'll never hear from me again. God does not speak that way. All right? And then thirdly, we need to use effective tools. There are a variety of tools to be used for spiritual disciplines. Discover the effective tools for you. Let me give you an, an idea. Some people enjoy listening to their electronic devices while they're exercising. I do. I listen to messages and I listen to the word. This could be an effective tool to listen to scriptures or memorizing scriptures. I also have on Spotify, for those that have Spotify, you can actually get an app that has nice music and they read through uh, uh, John, the Gospels and whatever. So I listen to that when I'm on, in the car or before I go to bed. And so I, that, that's a new discipline for me this year. I want to listen to it because I always have to fall asleep with something. And God said, why don't you try to fall, fall asleep with my word instead of just anything? And I fall asleep to a Disney cartoon, you know, Tangled. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> it's just like do, you, do you understand? So God's telling me, uh, use something different. So that, those are different things that I'm doing this year. That. So I just gave you a little something. So some uh, people uh, pray while uh, enjoying a brisk walk in the morning. My husband goes for a walk for kilometers, five kilometers, whatever. And he uses that time for prayer. He's alone in the woods. Nobody distracts him. The dog is everywhere. And he prays for you guys. He prays for our home. He prays for Samuel. He prays for all of us. And so that's an effective time for him. Others enjoy other tools like journaling, uh, you know, writing down in the book and, you know, just writing down with a pen while opening their Bibles. That's what I do. I love it. Some reflect in their journal by writing down prayer requests, reflective thoughts. Still others enjoy reading a good book on theology. My, my son is reading one by Ravi Zacharias right now. It's pretty heavy duty, but we're good to go. And so there are other people who use different other tools. Some people practice spiritual disciplines in community within a small group or accountability system. Now, we went through, eight of us went through that book, Emotionally Healthy Women, and every Friday morning at 5.30, we'd, we'd FaceTime ourselves and say, okay, let's just talk about what God did. See, in community, we use those things to share and, and respond to what the Word was saying. So there are many, many things we can discover. What works for me might not work for you, but get yourself things to discipline so that you can grow. And the last thing, resolve to form a consistent habit. Babe, 
I'm sorry, I didn't want to call you guys babe, but I am. Uh, you know nothing gets done overnight. Remember the journey? It's a process. And we are in that, that society that thinks that everything is instant. Anything that's worth doing, we have to do it over and over and over again. And this is worth doing. Spiritual discipline can sound overly spiritual and for some sound like it's a, it's a, it just turns them off because it causes them to feel like a failure. However, a discipline is the way in which I develop, which you develop maturity through soaking in that grace I was talking about. Whatever the practice, prayer, meditation, Bible reading, studying, fasting, the point is to engage with God's grace. Perhaps though through a daily routine or even every other day practice, one way or another, as we actually approach this consistently, we develop a habit. Now, so why should we devote so much energy? Let me ask you, do, why do we, should we devote so much energy to disciplines, spiritual disciplines? Want to grow? And, you know, and you said something last week that really, really went ding. Because, you know, we sometimes assume as teachers uh, that you guys know what good relationships are. And so we say, you know, it's like having a relationship with your wife. Well, if your wife, is, if your relationship with wife is based on a wrong standard, I can understand why you're having a hard time relating to God. <laughs> it never dawned on me. But if I were to look at your relationships, this would give me an indicator of how much you're relating to God as well. But that's what Blackaby said. How you are walking here will indicate to me how you're walking there. Because my everyday relationships would show me how I relate, how I resolve conflicts, how I deal with, with pressures, who I go to, how I speak, how I process. And all of these things are the same thing I do with God. And I should be doing it there. So when, when God illuminates that problem of, of, of relational, relationally being dysfunctional, we need to look at there's a reason why he's illuminating it. Stop beating the dead horse. Just say, okay, God, I can't, I can't let anybody in. But I, I, I can't let you in either. Oh, God, you're bringing me all of these people so I can learn to do life with them, so I can learn to do life with you. Oh, my goodness. Could it be all of those years? I'm going, <laughs> and God was teaching me, Mona, you don't know how to do this. So I'm bringing you so-and-so, and I'm bringing you this person, whatever else. No, no, don't beat them. It's a gift. Learn. Learn to walk in grace. They will make mistakes. And when you learn to walk in grace, you're going to see how God gives you grace every day. Amen? So why do we discipline? Why do we spend energies? To grow, to mature, to experience grace. But it's just not that. When we commit wholeheartedly to a spiritual discipline, we are laying aside selfishness, and we realize that our personal time with the Lord is vital in our life. It is vital. This year, I believe the only way that we end this year unshakable is that we understand that we are very, very self-focused. I'm putting myself in there too. I love my time. I love this, and I love this. Now, am I saying that God wants me to get rid of all that? But he's asking me to bring balance. He's asking me to remove these things that take me away from this vital life that I need to develop. Amen? We are all at that place, beloved. 
Now, I don't know if that's the right one. No, it isn't. So there are authors, and now we're getting into the nitty-gritty, and now we're almost finishing, okay? There are authors that separate the spiritual disciplines in two categories. I really found that this was really important because we need to actually do that. The disciplines of engagement, that means we have to engage in something. Remember, we don't drift into discipline. We have to actually practice and develop and train ourselves. But there are disciplines where you have to engage. Worship. I told you guys, worship, we should be engaging. But so many of us, we come ill-prepared on Sunday. Amen? We come with a whole lot of different things than we come, and God does not have our affections at all. But when we come on Sundays, what happens if all of us become this Sunday? And we go, okay, we heard something on Friday, and despite what I'm going through, you're still God. I'm coming engaged in worship. I'm going to lay down everything else. I'm going to make it all about you today. And when I read those words, I'm going to say, yeah, God is great. Yes, his battle, he does the battle. And when the songs come, you're going to engage with the song and realizing you're singing that song to who? To God. And so I don't care if you can't sing because God doesn't care if you can't sing. He just wants your heart. So something you want to engage. So you need to engage with worship. Celebration, what is that all about? Do you know being together is a celebration? And we actually don't even see the beauty of that fellowship. It's a celebration. Do you know most churches in the area had nothing Christmas Eve and nothing New Year's Eve? Many people were without a whole lot of stuff. Did we go without? Oh, we need to celebrate. God is good. Confession. That is an engaging thing. You know, a lot of us, we don't think it's important to say, hey, listen, I acknowledge I shouldn't have done that to you. I'm really sorry. Can you forgive me? That's confession. And then you have fellowship. Then you have journaling, meditation, mourning. Now, who would have known? I do. Because God set me free in the month of October of things that I never mourned that came with me at 55 years old, 56. How old am I, Glenn? 56. <laughs> 56. Things that I never mourned properly, I brought into the future with me. And God brought me back so that I could deal with my loss and mourn well so that he can fill up my hole again. And that's what he's been doing. I'm learning how to process my losses, my disappointments, my lack of. Prayer, service, study of the word. So all of these, you need engaging to do that. Then the other ones are disciplines of abstinence which are really kind of funny, but solitude would mean that I would have to actually get away from people. <laughs> so I have to abstain from people. <laughs> Who would have thought that that's what? Yeah, or silence. You got to quit the noise. Do you know for years when I came to the Lord, I could not stay in a house without a noise going on. I had to have a radio on or something playing all the time. Why? Because I couldn't handle the silence. I couldn't handle being in the silence, which that is our first discipline tonight. And then you have secrecy, fasting. Uh, secrecy is something else, which we're going to get into it later. Simplicity, frugality, uh, chastity, sacrifice, submission. We're going to see these disciplines, not li literally the same titles, but they fall into the together. Solitude and silence usually go together, by the way. But this evening, we're going to study the silent one. The study of silence, the time of silence. And then we're going to go into small groups. So this is what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you two aspects of silence. Now, 
Arsenius said this, I've often repented of having spoken, but never, have, uh, never, but never of having remained silent. Did you get that? Many times we speak too much, and we have to repent a whole lot. But we never really repent when we're silent, because we're not saying things we should not be saying. As we begin our journey of exploring various disciplines, it is important to grasp from the very start the truth that we are given a conversational relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus wants to speak to us, and he wants us to speak to him. He will speak to us, and we can learn to recognize his voice. This is why silence becomes so crucial. There are two aspects within this discipline. The first is to pursue silence as the absence of noise. Many of us are so used to living in noise that we are afraid of silence. We do whatever is necessary to avoid it. Now, Dallas Willard said this, Silence is frightening because it strips us of as nothing else does, throwing us upon a stark realities of our life. When there is silence, our thoughts are too loud. And so... We bring noise in order to diminish our thoughts. Think what it says about the inward emptiness of our lives if we must always turn on a tape player or radio to make sure something is happening around us. Silence helps us to cut through the voices and the distractions of our noisy world and listen for God's still, small voice. It becomes... Ra- it, 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 it's... it's It's rather obvious when we think about it, but if God is, his voice is still and small, we have to actually be still enough to hear his voice. The best way to do that is through silence. So if we want to learn, we have to remove. I started doing that many years ago, is that I stopped putting on anything. When I'm home, usually I'm home alone during the day. And if I do, I don't, I purposely don't put anything on so that I can get comfortable with the silence because it was something that I did not like. And you know, today I don't require noise. I actually appreciate the silence. And you know what? Many times I hear because in the morning I ask God many things and sometimes he doesn't speak to me right off the bat. And as I do my daily things and because there is silence, I'm hearing him a lot more clearer. clearer. The second area, arena for the discipline of silence is to practice silence um, and don't speak. Silence is more easily practiced in solitude since it is more difficult to be silent in the presence of others. <laughs> uh, my precious little Alex has been coming, you know, sitting down beside me while I do my devotions, but I just actually deserted him and went to the other room just a few days ago <laughs> because I need silence. And yet we talk, we had wonderful, we have wonderful times together, but I'm understanding those times are very, they're, they're sweet, they're intimate, but I do need my silence. I need my quiet so that I can just be real with God. Because I don't know about you, but it takes me a whole long time to be real with God. Huh? It's just too many things. So listening is very important to the discipline of silence. You must pay attention. You must want to hear. This will not e- come easy for most, so, so we need to persist in it. We often use our ears not to hear. I like this. Listen to this. We often use our ears not to hear, but to sort. I went, let me think about that. We listen merely to identify what is coming that we do not want to hear. Have you ever, 
We're not good listeners. While we're listening, we're thinking about 10,000 questions we can ask or how I'm going to bring the solution to that. We're not good listeners. We don't hear properly. It's because we don't know how to do this time of silence. We don't know how to not speak and how to listen. So many people only hear what they assume is what they have already heard. Listening through the discipline of silence must go beyond these tendencies. If you want to learn the value of silence and how to recognize God's voice and how to distinguish his voice from all the other voices, begin by asking God to teach you how to be silent, how to remove the distraction and the noise around you, and keep yourself quiet. And like I said, it is hard to do at the beginning, but after that you are going to appreciate it a whole lot more than you think. Especially when you know that your mind is racing. Have you ever gone to that where your mind is just racing? It's hard to stop, isn't it? The practice of silence actually helps you to kick it and drive. That means that it's, you're kicking that drive out. And you're, but it, it takes a while to take away the buzz, so you keep on doing it day after day. And little by little, your, your mind will stop buzzing. It will quiet itself because God, it says, you know, the, the mind that stayed on him is what? It's a mind of peace, perfect peace. Amen. To assist you in cultivating quietness, there are several practices you can experiment with. One is the, uh, is the devotional use of scripture. Take scripture, something like for me, God just showed me Psalm 16, which I want to probably take more time with it. Uh, but I'm going to be, when I go and take my time of quiet, what I do is I'll just bring that verse and I'll read it and I'll just, I'll just ponder it. And I let my mind race on that. It's Totally different when you let your mind race on scripture as opposed to the problems that you're going through. It, it shifts your heart focus and your mind focus. So take a verse and repeat it silently. As you repeat it many times, emphasize different parts of the verse that really speaks to you. An exercise that might be helpful uh, to encourage you to listen more deeply is to check out your surroundings. Start by sitting quietly and listening to the things around you. Have you ever done that? I, I did that the other day, and, and uh, Alex's music was driving me crazy. And, <laughs> and then the machine downstairs, ding, 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 ding. It sings my music down there. And, and I went, oh, my goodness, i got to get up earlier. <laughs> I don't hear anything. I really actually miss complete silence. Amen. And then the dog eating with his food and everything. It's just like, oh, my goodness. So try to be more alert to your surroundings. And then when everybody's gone, take that time to go, Thank you, Lord, for this quiet. Amen? You might actually spend a day using few words as possible. <laughs> Can we do it? <laughs> few words as possible. And that, that means that you have to tell others that you're not going to be speaking a whole lot today because <laughs> they won't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> But there are different things you can do. And so what we're going to do tonight is we're going to get into our groups and we are going to discuss what we've learned. So I've just laid down a foundation of what we're going to be doing. So there won't be a whole lot of intro the next time we come around. We're going to go straight to the different disciplines. I think it's three disciplines per, per week. And we're going to be talking them out, giving you all of the information, and then going into the small groups so you can discuss it together. Right now, we are ready, so we've, I've been talking for about 40, 42 minutes. I'm not too sure about that much. 44, and uh, as my IT man just did that, and a half. And um, 
Now we're going to take the next 20, 25 minutes together as small groups. Now, the chairs are not set up, but I'm, I'm sure we can get there. I don't know how many people we are here. Can somebody... <coughs> There is actually another way that you can do the silence. You can get up in the middle of the night. I, I, with my menopause stuff, I'm up at 3.30, which really works out good for me because silence is not an issue at that time. But I don't encourage everybody to do that. <laughs> it gets kind of tiring during the day. But so I want you guys to go in your small groups and discuss some of the things. Probably one quote, one thing really spoke to you. If it's just that one thing, then it's that one thing, all right? So we're going to let God speak to us today with our fellowship of uh, celebrate our small groups tonight by, by sharing our hearts. So uh, our small groups, everybody knows the leaders. There's four of them. Okay, so we need four groups of what, six, five? Yeah, all right. So there's a group in the foyer, two in here, and one in the ex extension. But the heat wasn't on. I wonder if it's going to be too cold in there. <laughs> 